This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is happening, gang? We have got a jam-packed episode of the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pulling. In today's episode, we overcome some technical issues, and we're finally excited to bring you our look at the offseason of the NFC North. This is a division in turmoil. Lots of quarterback changes for almost all the teams, and the one team that stayed consistent at quarterback drafted somebody, and you know he tends to not like that kind of stuff. So this is going to be super fun. We get Bill's insight into all the comings and goings in the NFC. NFC North. But before we dive into today's show, I wanted to take a minute and talk about one of our favorite sponsors, Bet Online. The month of June is heating up with tons of exciting sport, sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it from basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for your online sports betting needs. So, what are you waiting for? Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. All right, gang, here we go. This is our look at the NFC North, the off-season that was on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Fuller. <laughs> And we are live on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Polian. We have crossed the technical divide, and we are excited to bring you another edition of the Inside Football Podcast. In today's episode, a lot of quarterback turnover in this division, except for the one quarterback who, you know, us in the Washington football team family love seeing get turned over over and over. That's Kirk Cousins. Who's excited for this one? Well, you know, we, we, we've been waiting an extra week to do this, so I'm there. Here we go. How are we doing today, Bill? Good, thank you. All right. Well, Rick, take us to a city that was about to riot because of the Red Rocket, where maybe things have changed. What's up in <laughs> Chicago? All right. So so uh, we will talk about the Windy City. Uh, so as we remember, last year, the Bears finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Offensively, they ranked 23rd in points per game averaging about 22 and a half a game. Their combined yards, they were 27th in the league at 5.1. Passing yards, they were tied for 26th at 6.0. Things did not improve on the rushing side where they were tried for 23rd at 4.1. In sacks allowed, uh, they were more mid-level team uh, where they were tied for 6th at 2.2. So, you know, the rankings there are in the mid to low 20s pretty much throughout. Uh, on defense, uh, the picture was a little brighter. Uh, they gave up 20.3 points per game, which put them 13th in the league. The total combined yards they allowed per game was 347, which ranked them 11th. In passing yards, they were tied for 16th at an average of 
per pass. Uh, in rushing yards, they were uh, tied for eighth at 4.1. and But in sacks, uh, they were 17th, recording only slightly over two sacks a game. So defense a little bit better than offense, but it all adds up to an eight and eight year, Bill. Yeah, and you know, Bill Parcells often said that you are what your record says you are, and that's absolutely the case with the Bears. In terms of players that they lost, Roy Robertson Harris uh, went to Jacksonville on a three-year deal, defensive tackle. Kyle Fuller, who's a good player but 29 years of age, went to Denver um, back with Vic Fangio on a on a one-year deal. Charles Leno went to Washington on a one-year deal for $4 million. And Cordero Patterson, who's an outstanding return man, really not much in any other factor of the game, but really outstanding in the return game, um, went to uh, uh, Atlanta on a one-year deal. Mitchell Trubisky becomes the backup in Buffalo for $2.5 million. And uh, Brent Durbin, Barcavius Mingo, John Jenkins, Rashad Coward, DeAndre Carter, and Eddie Pinheiro, who was not a bad kicker, uh, ends up uh, all end up uh, going elsewhere uh, on one-year deals. So that's the group that they relinquished. In terms of uh, signed or added, they um, tagged uh, Allen Robinson, probably a good move. Uh, re-signed Dion Bush, Mario Edward, Edwards is a free agent signing it uh, for three years. Deshaun Gibson for a year, DeAndre Houston, uh, Houston Carson for a year, Jermaine Effetti for a year, Hunter Pat O'Donnell, they re-sign and they, and they bring back uh, Cairo Santos for three years at 11 million. He looks like he's the, the present incumbent. So not bad there. Um, you know, some usual suspects of Fetty, et cetera, but um, generally not bad. Um, Jeremiah Tachu, uh, they, they signed as, a, as an outside linebacker, Angelo Blackson, uh, wide receiver, Demir Bird, Andy Dalton, uh, who will be uh, a placeholder at quarterback, Marquise Goodman, uh, Christian Jones, Desmond Trufant, Elijah Wilkinson, Damian Williams, interesting running back. Uh, he should be a contributor. The others are just journeymen in, in reality. Uh, they, they've all been, you know, rinsed and repeated at other places. And, and they're, you know, solid journeymen, but only that. Uh, so um, that that's, you know, it's not bad. It's not outstanding. Uh, in the end, we'll see what the, what the, you know, the finished product looks like. But as a Bears fan, should I have been so psychotically agitated that they brought in Andy Dalton absent the Justin Fields news? Or that, or is that a plausible placeholding quarterback for a season or two seasons in the NFL? Yeah, he's a very plausible placeholding quarterback. There's nothing wrong with him. Um, you know, he can he can move the football. He can He's professional. He can get you in and out of the huddle. He's a solid guy. Is it the answer? No, but he, but he's a you know pretty solid football player. But my feeling it had he been the quarterback in Chicago last year, this could have been a would this been a nine or ten win team or about the same kind of team? I think it's about the same because they had no running game last year. Uh, they degraded the defense over time because of free agent departures. 
And and so, you know, I think it probably with Andy or Trubisky or or Fields, it didn't matter. They they were going to end up being eight and eight with Fields this year. If he plays, they'll probably be less than that. But uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll 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 find out. I don't know how how quickly he'll get on the field. Uh, you don't know how much the organization will re- react to outside fan pressure, which I'm sure there will be much of. <laughs> and uh, you know, can they get him ready? I don't I don't know. That's I mean that remains to be seen. So, Bill, Bill, fan pressure aside, or all the noise that we always talk about that you, you know, you, of course, as a football man, say is irrelevant. If you're bringing along, obviously, a a very talented guy, but who really doesn't seem like someone who can just step in and go. Can you talk about the process of how you bring him along, even from the point of you're still trying to win? So, the you know, your starter is getting most, if not all, the snaps with the first team in practice. How do you actually go about, other than him sitting there watching, learning, and meetings, how do you go about taking that the kid who's on the bench and you want to become a starter, how do you help him make that transformation so that he really is at least closer to being ready when he steps in? There isn't any way to do it other than to give him extra reps. And uh, the difficulty there is finding receivers of quality that can give him the kind of reps that, that you need. The first team guy needs to get all the reps, either that or you split them or you go two thirds, one third by design, meaning that the, the first teamer is not as prepped as he should be going into the game. If you're going to get a quarterback ready to play, he has to take 85% of the reps and 15% isn't good enough for a kid like Justin Fields who hasn't played a lot of college football and is adjusting to a brand new, completely right. brand new offense. So the answer is, there's no way to get him ready. Uh, he's got to sit and learn. Is is basically what takes place, and and that's what Patrick Mahomes did. It's what uh, you know Aaron Rodgers did. Uh, it's the best way to learn via osmosis and practice every day. We'll see how much love learned from his year in Green Bay, but <clears throat> there's no way to. There's no way to, unless you're going to deprive the starter of reps. Right, right. There's no way to get him ready. Right, and then, and then even then, with the you know, li, you know, the, the way more and more you're trying to avoid injury where you're going around practice, you're not really, you're not. It's not game conditions. So I, I guess what you're saying is, no matter what you do, when you put him in there, it's going to be in trial by fire. Yeah, it is absolutely. Um, they draft Taven Jenkins from Oklahoma State in the second round. Um, <clears throat> We'll find out if he can pass block. He's a he's a, a, a road grader for sure. We'll find out if he can pass block. Larry Borum, another tackle from Missouri. They had, they had <clears throat> a weakness at tackle, and, and they're trying to address it. We'll find out um, if they have. Khalil Herbert is a decent running back from Virginia. Daz Newsom, wide receiver who can really run from North Carolina. Um, he, he's going to be interesting because they don't have any wide receivers who can really run. So he's probably a pretty good addition to the to the squad. Thomas Graham, a decent corner from Oregon, and Kiris Tonga, a defensive tackle from Brigham Young, round out the, the the draft. But of course, Fields is is the is the big <clears throat> the big name, and and the, the you know until he steps on the field, there'll be nothing but a drumbeat to get him on the field in the media. It, it, it's the headache 
uh, for the coaching staff. It's a headache for the team. And then when he gets on the field, um, they'll give him a game or two and then decide whether he whether he can or can't. By, by that, I mean the media and the fans decide whether or not he can or can't do it after two games. And and then, you know, there'll be a war as usual. Right. So, <clears throat> I mean, it's a bad situation, honestly. Um, Would the best thing for him be to sit this whole year? Yes. What Absolutely. do you think? What do you think the odds of that are? <laughs> One in ten. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In the old days, much higher, but not anymore. Not anymore. You know, the drumbeat of media is. is we'll see whether or not this organization, which is a fine, the McCaskies are an incredible family, and they already stayed with Coach Nagy and the GM Ryan Pace, which was a good move. Now. Can, can they and, and the team president withstand the beating they're going to take to get fields on the, on the field uh, unless Andy Dalton lights it up from the start? And, uh, you know, if Andy does, then great. They're, they're in good shape. If he doesn't, um, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to go to work there. It's going to be hard. They're going to threaten to move the team to Arlington County. <laughs> It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter if they if they moved it to Lake County on the Wisconsin border. It's still it's it's that's that's just a complicating factor. That's all. Yeah, that's right. It's one more headache in, in a season of headaches. I think <laughs> it's gonna be a fun time in Chicago. This is this is like the Excedrin commercial in the old days. <laughs> it is for sure. Um, they improved the running game with David Montgomery and Damian Williams to add to Tariq Cohen, who's coming off injury. If they can get that going, they're going to be in good shape. They're going to, they're going to be able to be a, a, a pretty good football team. Allen Robinson is a solid possession receiver. Darnell Mooney is a solid, young, developing receiver, but nonetheless solid. Um, so those two guys give Andy somebody to throw the football to. Uh, maybe better than what he had in 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 Cincinnati at the end. Um, Anthony Miller's a, a you know a German a journeyman player. Daz Newsom, as I mentioned, can really run. Uh, Marquis Goodwin is, is is a you know pretty solid backup receiver. But in in Montgomery, Cohen, Williams, Robinson, and Mooney, uh, they have. Um, some skilled players who are professionals who, who can who can win in the National Football League. Cole Komet is an old-fashioned tight end. Um, the media doesn't like him because he's not flashy, and Jimmy Graham is uh, you know on Social Security, so he's the he's the uh, uh, he's the supposed athletic tight end. But Komet is a very solid. Um, Good blocker, good intermediate receiver, smart player. So, add him. It tells you good running game, good play action game, and if somebody can emerge as a speed receiver, then pretty good overall passing game. Here's the problem: Tevin Jenkins, James Daniel, Cody Whitehair can play. Alex Barr can play. Jermaine Infetti has, you know, has been in Seattle. 
where Russell Wilson is the most sacked quarterback in the league. Is there a connection? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He is a person of interest in that crime. (laughs) You know, if they can't protect, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. And I can already tell you what the media narrative will be. Well, they can't protect, so you better get Fields in there because he can run around and make stuff happen. And the last guy who ran around and make stuff happen was uh, Trubisky, and he ran around as far as uh, to cross Lake Erie to Buffalo. Yeah, he he ran to Buffalo in the offseason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is a self-fulfilling prophecy, and and I have no criticism of anything they have done um, in terms of building this team and, and, and trying to, 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 you know, solve the quarterback problem. All of that has been great. They just have not solidified the tackle position. Now maybe Kevin Jenkins can do it, but playing a rookie left tackle, (laughs) and one who's not a great pass protector to begin with tough. And I don't, you know, Fetty's going to have to prove to me that he can play. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Cole Komet's going to be doing some chipping, right? Yeah, well, you would think, yeah. But I think they would be the most excited if the team moved to Arlington. I mean, no better story than a kid from Arlington Heights going to Notre Dame, being the tight end for the Chicago Bears. One of the better stories in the league. Yeah. If you, if, if stories, if yeah. stories matter, you know, wind your clock. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> All right, let's go to the defense. Okay. Um, This is a different story entirely. It's eroded some, but uh, particularly on the back end. But, um, but I, I, you know, it's still pretty good. Akeem Hicks, uh, Eddie Goldman, who's been hurt a good bit, but still a good player. Bilal Nichols, solid front three. Uh, the backups, Mario Edwards has been around a while. Uh, Tonga and Blackson are, are young players. Uh, the linebackers, Kalumak has, has not reached the level that he did in Los, An- in, uh, Las Vegas, but still is a really, really good player. Roquan Smith has become a good player. Danny Trevathan is a good player. If, if a little on the, on the, uh, older side. And Robert Quinn is not bad. He, he's not a game changer, but he's not bad. Uh, so that front seven is, is really pretty good. Really pretty good. Um, the uh, It's the secondary that's the problem. Deshaun Gibson uh, is, a, is a retread. Eddie Jackson is the, is the remaining member of a great secondary that was broken up by free agency and who knows other things. Trufant did not do well in his last stop in, in Detroit, nor did he do well in Atlanta. And, uh, and so, you know, who, who are the guys in here? Artie Burns is, was hurt last year. He's a retread from, from Pittsburgh where he did not play well. So, or well enough, let me put it that way. So I worry about the secondary Front seven, I think, good as long as they can stay healthy. Um, and the erosion has come in his secondary. Eddie Jackson is, is a very solid player. Um, uh, watering on Pro Bowl, you know, with a really good team. But can Quinn be the second rusher? 
to help Mac, um, you know, does somebody else step up there? There's been erosion there that's pretty hard to pretty hard to um, to understand. Uh, I, I don't know why. Um, I don't know where you'd spend money if not on really good players in the secondary. So um, we'll see how it, we'll see how it works out. You know, is eight and eight in the cards? Uh, probably. Uh, could it be worse? Sure. If Fields has to play, it'll be worse. Um, or could be worse. And, uh, and uh, I don't know about, uh, you know, whether or not they can go better than eight and eight, depending on what the division does. I, I don't know how strong the division is going to be. Um, so not a, not a tremendous outlook. And all the focus is going to be on Fields. That's, I mean, that's the bottom line. It's going to be a tough one. All right, gang, before we dive into the second half of the show, I wanted to take a minute and talk about something I love doing more than just about anything else in the summer, and that's grilling meat. And we have got one of the best sponsors in the grilled meat game or the meat game in general on the pod. That's right. Moink Box has entered the Inside Football Podcast universe, and I cannot recommend their meat enough from their ground beef to their bacon. Their bacon is legitimately, and it's not just me, Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary, innumerable people have said it's the best bacon they've ever tasted. Moink was founded by an eighth generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. So why do just four companies control 80% of the U.S. meat industry? Because big food crushes the little guy and you can help out with Moink Box. So head over to www.moinkbox.com today and get your first box. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash believe right now and listeners of this show get free bacon for a year with every box order. That's right. You get free bacon for a year. I'm about to order 70 boxes myself. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. It's spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash believe. That's moinkbox.com slash believe to get free bacon for a year today. All right. Well, let's go into some kneecap biting time. (laughs) All right. So we moved to the Motor City. And the Lions finished 5-11. and 11. Uh, They were 20th in points per game. They, they scored a little over 23 a game. In combined yards per play, they were tied for 12th at 5.7. They were 10th in passing yards. Not, you know, they, they were, that was pretty good. They averaged 7.1, Bill. Uh, on the rush side, they tied for 23rd, actually, with the Bears at 4.1. And they they allow they allowed uh, 2.6 sacks a game, which tied them for 22nd. On the defensive side of the ball, not as good. Uh, they were ranked 32nd in points allowed, uh, thir- over a little over 32. In combined yards, they were ranked 32nd again, allowing 420 yards a game. And passing yards, 32nd, 8.2. Uh, in uh, rushing yards, they were tied for 15th at 4.4. They were 26 in uh, sacks uh, that they made at uh, 1.5. Their point differential was a ghastly uh, minus 8.9, and their turnover margin was minus 0.6. And certainly in this case, the Bill Parcells adage rings true again. That's what happens when you stop playing after week six. 
<laughs> yes. And uh, just to grind the axe a little further, uh, but I have to do it for my friend Jim Caldwell. Um, he took them to the playoffs and winning records in two consecutive years and actually should have advanced in the playoffs, but for a disgraceful officiating call, which which sits in the officiating hall of shame right along with the uh, Los, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, uh, New Orleans call. Uh, the and uh, and he wasn't good enough for the manager who decided and the and the team president who decided that uh, they were going to make uh, make Detroit New England West. And uh, how did that work out? Yeah. Um, you don't replace Colts guys with Patriots guys. Well. You don't replace players with non-players. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you don't replace good character guys with guys who don't want to play. Um, this is a team that, from my perspective, um, was 5-5 five and five coming into Carolina on uh, right around Veterans Day. So they're in the hunt. They got Matthew Stafford at quarterback. The running back, who's really good, was banged up. But um, – they got a chance to run over the Panthers who were playing a quarterback who last played for Temple and, uh, and in the Canadian league and they quit flat. Stafford was the only guy that played hard. Well, I take that back. The offensive line did a decent job. The defense quit flat. And then they did the very same thing on Thanksgiving day, uh, which, um, which, uh, uh, you know, they, they embarrassed themselves on national television. Um, and the team president said, well, um, we learned what not to do. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> How you get to be a team president and take that approach is beyond me, but yeah, that, there you go. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, I'm glad you're learning on the job. Uh, the the uh, So they released... 16 players. Now, are these the, the culprits? Uh, probably some are, uh, but I see some names that I think are reasonably good players and guys who uh, I, I, I've known to be guys who give you 100% all the time. But if these are the, if these are the culprits, so be it. Good riddance. Um, and and, and I hope for the Ford family, who are wonderful, wonderful people, their executives have learned something from this experience. Um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Jim Caldwell is not a bitter person, so I'll, uh, I'll be bitter for him. <laughs> right, <laughs> bitter on his behalf. Right? Bitter on his behalf. That's yep. right. what happened to him is terrible. It is, and the results show it. Um, okay, let's talk about who left. Kennedy Holiday. Outstanding receiver, 28 years old, uh, four-year deal from the uh, Giants, which what wasn't added, you know, out of the realm of of, of reasonableness. Um, power receiver, not not a great speed guy, power guy, but great uh, route runner, catches the ball tough as hell, um, runs after the catch, good player. Jamal Agnew is just the guy. Marvin Jones, 31, uh, got a two-year deal from Jacksonville, good solid. Uh, possession receiver, good hands, uh, obviously uh, winding down. Matt Prater uh, is is a reasonably good kicker, 
Uh, he got a two-year deal from Arizona. He's been around obviously quite a bit, um, but but he's a he's a professional. Now they've been you know they had the same kicker for twenty years, so I can understand where they'd be a little uh, a little discriminating there. Jared Davis is a first-round draft choice who um, that that the previous administration, the quote Patriots administration, uh, drafted and he he failed completely. Um, Justin Coleman. You know, journeyman cornerback, Dower Roberts, journeyman quarterback, uh, Abushi, uh, offensive tackle. They have a good offensive line, so he's he's probably excess baggage. Jerron Harmon, uh, former Patriot, uh, Christian Jones, uh, uh, linebacker, that, you know, average. Mohamed Sanu, uh, wide receiver, 32 at the end of his career. Um, Denny Shelton, run, uh, run down nose tackle. He was in New England. Uh, he's been in a number of other places, only plays on first down, can't rush the passer. Killebrew, um, safety, Reggie Ragland, a 3-4 inside linebacker, came over from the Jets. Chase Daniel, who's a uh, you know, pretty solid backup, he goes to the Chargers. Chase has made a lot of money um, being a backup over the years, and, and, and he's a good one. And Trufant, I mentioned before, had a bad year in Atlanta, had a bad year in Detroit, and now goes to Chicago. So, um, you know, not a pretty picture. Um, they re-signed the long snapper, Don Mulebach. Uh, Romeo Okwara, um, uh, who is a Jim Caldwell draft choice, is, is, is really a, the one bright spot on the defense who played hard and had a good year. But to their credit, I think they did a lot to try and remake the defense. We'll see whether it pans out or not. Um, Alex Anzalone comes over from uh, Atlanta on a one-year deal. Alex Anzalone is a good player who, who, who's injury prone. Um, Tim Boyle is a backup quarterback. Randy Bullock, um, you know, reasonably good kicker. We'll see how he performs. Quentin Dunbar, not, not a bad corner. Corn Elder, uh, not a bad corner. Darren Fells, uh, pretty solid tight end. Nothing dynamic about him, but but pretty solid. Uh, Charles Harris, Josh Hill, who later retired, Prashad Perryman. Um, he's been, uh, you know, uh, everybody, he's been waiting for good though. And we're still waiting for him to, <laughs> you know, perform to the level of a high draft choice. Damian Ratley, Khalif Raymond, um, Jamal Williams, um, you know, not, not a bad pickup. Um, of course, they traded Matthew Stafford. Um, now, whether Matthew wanted to be traded or they decided to get out from under his money, who knows? It really doesn't matter. Um, uh, they got Michael Brockers. Now, now their, their new general manager comes from the Rams. So he knows these guys. He knows these guys. And um, and so you give him, you certainly give him the benefit of the doubt. Um Michael Brockers, uh, you know, good, solid outside rusher. I don't know what the kind of defense they're going to play. We'll see. And Goff, uh, we'll do a quarterback show a little later on here in the offseason. Um, but Goff was trade bait for a reason. He had a very poor year last year uh, in terms of where he ranks and the numbers, so on and so forth. So uh, maybe, you know, the GM knows him. And, and he's new and, and 
maybe he, I'm sure he believes in him. Um, they also got um, choices back from the Rams to take that contract. Um, and then they waived Hunter Bryant and carry on Johnson. Um, so again, nothing special here. Uh, nothing that, that you would say, wow, this is terrific. They really remade the team, but we'll, you know, let's see how it works out. Um, they took Panay Sewell, um, who, who fell to them. Um, this is a kid with a lot of promise as a left tackle, but they have a left tackle in typical lion fashion. They're going to play him at right tackle. Do you, could he even play guard too? I guess. Why would you draft a guard with the seventh pick in the draft? I don't know. We've made that mistake before in DC. He'll, I, he'll, he'll be a good player, but I don't, I don't know why you draft a left tackle to play right tackle. It's not that easy a transition. I uh, know maybe in their system it is. I don't and, know. And somebody who was a you know a COVID year and has not played a lot of football before that. Correct. But that's true of a lot of people. I mean, I, I'm not knocking the pick here. I just, to make the transition from right tackle, uh, left tackle to right tackle is not easy. It's not easy. Okay. Uh, they take um, Levi. Awunzariki. Uh, Awunzariki. Uh, uh, this is a good, solid pick. This is a guy that can get up the field. He's athletic. He's active. He's tough. Um, you know, pretty good player. Aleem McNeil is a is a defensive tackle from North Carolina State. Um, big, solid guy. Um, Ifito uh, Melifonwu is the has a brother that plays in the league. Uh, Syracuse cornerback, um, active guy. Um, don't know if he's if he's he's quite good enough as a man cover guy. We'll find out. Um, Amon Ron uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is the brother of. The um, Equinemius St. Brown, who's with uh, 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 the Packers, and he's a you know pretty solid possession receiver. Neither guy runs real fast, but they're they're big, long possession receivers. Derek Barnes is a good, solid linebacker from Purdue, and Jamar Jefferson, a decent running back from Oregon State. So, you know, not not a not a terrible draft. They've had worse in their history. <laughs> <laughs> that's the good bar for the Lions. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> There's been worse. The low bar for the Lions. <laughs> hey, from a storytelling perspective, this goes along with the press conference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If if Panay Sewell works out as a right tackle, then I think they've done pretty well. But um, you know, we'll see. Uh, we go to the uh, we go to the the depth chart. Jared Goff is the quarterback, and we'll find out. You know what he can do. We'll find out. Um, is he is he gonna is he gonna rebound or is he gonna be a middle of the pack starter? DeAndre Swift, solid, solid back, really solid back. And Jamal Williams, that should be a pretty good combination, and it might be the best combination they've had in a while. DeAndre Swift was a good draft choice for them. Uh, you got to you know give credit where credit is due. That's the old regime, but he. He's he's a pretty good player, um, so they ought to be able to run the ball. Terrell Williams and Brashard Perryman and Quintus Cephas, uh, you know, stay tuned. Let's see what they look like. That's the most worrisome receiver group in the league, right? 
Probably. <laughs> Probably. I, you know. They're going to have to be good running the ball because who is he throwing to? <laughs> well, it, it rated a moment of consideration by Bill, but yeah. yes. <laughs> you know, Geron, they're all guys. They're all guys who are twos and threes. So who's the number one receiver? There isn't one. So yeah, one's right. going to That's right. one's gonna have to emerge. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Could it be Geronimo Allison? Yes, probably. Uh, it's possible. Could it be St. Brown? It's possible. Could Perryman, after however many years he spent uh, wandering in the wilderness, finally, you know, the light goes on, maybe. Uh, Quintus Cephas has some ability. Um, we'll see. Um, well, there's there's certainly going to be a number one who emerges statistically, <laughs> perhaps not as a quality of a number one receiver, but he may be playing tight end. <laughs> right. Well, now. When we talk about tight end, TJ Hawkinson is right up there with the best in the league. So, you know, credit DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, two great draft choices there. Darren Fells is is not a, a bad backup, by the way. And Alizé Mack might make the team. He's a pretty good special teams player. So, um, you know, this is a, this is a this is maybe the best group on the team the tight end room. Um, uh, They're listing a fullback. So I presume they're going to run the, uh, a version of the, of the new new Orleans offense. So that's Jason Cabanata. Um, The offensive line, um, pretty good group. Caleb Decker is fine at left tackle. Jonah Jackson is fine at left guard. Frank Ragnall is fine at center. They re-signed him to a big contract. All of those guys are Jim Caldwell guys. Vitae, Hala, uh, you know, Vitae comes over from Philadelphia to play right guard, and he's not bad as a guard. He's not a tackle. Philadelphia tried him at tackle, and he didn't work out there, but he's not bad as a guard. And Sewell is going to play right tackle. So we'll see whether or not this can blend into a, a, a pretty good offensive line group. It's interesting in that there's some guys there who are pretty established players, i.e. Decker and Ragnall, and then Vitae and Jackson, you know, kind of fence sitters and, and Sewell changing position. And, uh, and the offensive line coach is Hank Fraley, Who's a um, you know veteran offensive line coach? So we'll we'll see, we'll see what how that fits together. Not a bad dude. Hey, Bill at guard, uh, Tommy Kramer came in as an undrafted free agent. Could he play here? Yeah, he could play. Yes, I, that that could be the steal of undrafted free agency. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Now they're listing a four-three defense. I don't know in the end. If that's what they'll be, let me just see who he hired as defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn. So Aaron's a good, solid defensive backfield coach, probably making his first um, step on the stage as a, as a major coordinator. As I said before, Okwara uh, has, has really game-changing ability. On, on Zariki got a chance to be pretty good. Brockers. Pretty solid. Trey Flowers, big free agent signing. 
power rusher only, power th three, four player, did not do well last year, tried hard, trying hard this year. I think he's miscast in this defense. And, and he was always miscast as a rusher. Um, Julian Okora backs him up. Flowers might only be a two-down player on a big contract. We'll see. Uh, Reeves Maven, Tavai, and Jamie Collins are the linebackers. Quentin Dunbar, Will Harris at strong safety. Tra uh, Tracy Walker at free safety uh, are, you know, so-so. And Jeff Okuda had a rough year last year as a rookie, but I think there's there's hope there. So this is a group that maybe has a chance if they play hard and smart to be solid. And if they can develop another rusher, and it may well be the Okora brothers rushing the passer. Uh, if they can develop another rusher, then they might be pretty good. Can the back end hold up? We'll find out. But I like if, if, if they can kick flowers inside and Oh, was Zariki and Okora and the younger Okora. That's not bad. That's something to work with. Randy Bullock is, as I said before, solid kicker. Jack Fox, solid punter. Khalif Raymond is a, you know, uh, nice return guy. So, you know, where are they? How is golf play? Does he have any receivers who, who if anybody, will emerge? There's no Kenny Galladay there, I can tell you that. And and how good is the defensive back end going to be when it's all said and done? So we'll see. This is an interesting experiment. I like uh, I like the, the the GM Brad Holmes pedigree. I like where he comes from. The drafts the drafts look decent, but there's this is a long way, a long climb. And the first thing this coach has to do is create an atmosphere where people who laid down, who quit, who didn't, who didn't respect the game and their teammates don't have safe harbor. He's got to make sure that every single one of those guys is out of the building. He seems sufficiently scary. Well, you know, it's one thing to talk. It's another to, uh, yeah. it, it's another to actually do it. Um, in talking with Terry Bradshaw for a book I'm, I'm, I'm involved with, Terry Bradshaw made it clear that th there weren't very many comfortable people on the great Pittsburgh Steelers teams. And Chuck Noll was a man of a few words. And I, I can tell you was personally a little intimidating <laughs> when you were around him, but he didn't tolerate any of that stuff. So words uh, are, are not important. It's actions that count. Exactly. Well, speaking of actions that count, all right, all right. Before we get there, Scott, I want you to get our crack research team, which yeah. is you, which is you, right. uh, on onto something. When Bill mentioned waiting for Godot, uh -huh. I have a feeling that that is the first time in the history of football podcasts that there was a Samuel Beckett reference. Uh, there, there's certainly there's certainly a lot of absurdist things in the NFL. So I just want you to check that out, and and all that is joke for you English majors out there. 
All right, guys. Well, we've got a new sponsor on the show this week, Magna Athletic. And I got to tell you, they are truly churning out some of the premier compression gear, no matter what your sport is, whether you're doing mixed martial arts, whether you're boxing, whether you're just gone for a super hard run, they've got some of the best compression gear in the market. What, what do you guys like to do to recover after hard workouts? Have you, have you guys messed with compression at all? Bill? I used to, I used to in my younger days, what I do to recover now is to lay down for long periods of time. <laughs> I, I actually do work out every day, sad to say, walking. During the days when I ran quite a bit, uh, which has really been all my life up until I hurt myself a couple of years ago, I, I use c- compression gear frequently, and it is a must in NFL training camps. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Because guys need to keep the swelling down. And, and be able to get quicker recovery, especially in two-a-days. So this is gear that is not optional and a fashion statement. It's a tool for very serious athletes. Hey, aside from, I guess, the other thing I would add in is ice, a lot of ice afterwards. But there's also something that really high-quality compression gear that even while you're doing it, it, it makes you feel better about what you're doing. It makes you feel fitter. It makes you feel more protected. Just, just that that's that sort of snugness against the muscles. So I, I think it's it's great. In the years Bill and I have been involved in pro sports, there's been so much that's changed. But things like compression gear are certainly have helped in recovery. And as people have, in football have gotten bigger and stronger and faster, and the collisions and the forces are greater, this is certainly a, an absolute must. And Scott, you're you're probably the biggest mixed martial arts fan among us. Talk a little bit about that sport. Yeah, no, I mean, it, uh, it is an interesting time. Big, big fight this weekend with Israel Adesanya uh, regaining the or uh, maintaining the middleweight belt. It's an interesting time in MMA. I mean, you've got definitely some former football players and a different type of athlete entering the sport. I think you're starting to see generationally athletes who have been training MMA their whole lives. I think when the sport for, first started, there was definitely that whole sort of dojo mentality of boxer versus jujitsu practitioner. And I think we've entered a uh, era. It's going to be fun in the sport where you, you've seen guys train their whole lives in MMA. One of the guys I think about a lot is your old client, Herschel Walker, who at yeah. 48 did one of the most impressive things in the Bellator cage in terms of winning its first fight. But it, yeah. it's a fun time in the sport. And I think as, as we go, we'll see more and more NFL guys enter into the sport after their career. I mean, hopefully it doesn't turn into like these thriller fights where you're seeing YouTube fighters fight boxers like Floyd Mayweather, who that was the most <laughs> ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. The only thing more ridiculous is that was anybody who paid for it. That's true. All right. Well, if you need compression gear, look no further than Magna Athletic. They've got you covered. It's truly phenomenal stuff. And if you go to the site, we actually have a discount code. The discount code is Bill15, and you'll get 15% off your order. I cannot stress it enough. No matter what sport you're doing, whether you're playing tennis, doing MMA, knocking around some weights, compression gear post-workout is pretty phenomenal. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on to, to somebody that knows how to play this game, the Green Bay Packers. Bill, you will not be surprised, obviously, at any of this. Of, that you wind up at 13 and three when on offense, um, they were number one in points per game at 31.5. They were they were tied for second in uh, combined average yards per play at 6.3. They were tied for third. Uh, in the passing game at 7.7, fifth 
uh, in the rush game at, at 4.8 and third again at only giving up 1.4 sacks. So every single key statistical category was uh, at, at worst fifth and most of them were in the top three. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, it's good. It's not quite as stellar. Um, they were ranked uh, 14th uh, in terms of points allowed at 23.2. They gave up uh, 230 yards a game, which put them seventh. Uh, on the passing side, they uh, tied for 10th, uh, giving up 6.6 per pass. Uh, they, they fell a little down on the, on the rush game. Uh, they were tied for 17th, giving up 4.5, and they tied for 8th, registering 2.6 sacks. Uh, their point differential was plus 8.3. That was third in the league. Uh, and their turnover margin put them 6th at 0.4. So a good season, good numbers. Talk about the past and the future for them, will you, Bill? Well, when you reached the championship game, you had a great season. Um, and they've been to the championship game for the last two years. The reason they did not advance is because their defense, when push came to shove in all big games throughout the, both those years, was unreliable, particularly on the back end uh, with mistakes and failure to cover. And uh, as you might remember in the championship game, some, some really terrible basic mistakes allowing a, a touchdown before the half yeah. uh, in, in a two-minute situation uh, when when Brady wasn't even trying to score. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's those kinds of breakdowns which occurred far too frequently, and the, the defensive coordinator was, was, was fired. Uh, the biggest loss is Corey Lindsley at center to free agencies, 30 years old, he goes to the Chargers uh, uh, for an average of uh, 12-5, uh, 26 guaranteed. Um, he's an outstanding player. Um, this had to be a tough call for the Packers because at 30, you're, you're looking at probably some significant dead money on this contract. Um, but by the same token, this is a pivotal, pivotal guy. He was really good. And, um, you know, they're going to have to replace him. Normal cap year, he probably stays, right, Bill? Uh, you would think. Okay. You would think. I will say this. They have been kindred spirits of ours when we were in Indianapolis. I mean, we, we went about things pretty much the same way, which means we were very conservative in terms of spending money on free agents and trying to keep our home. Ted Thompson, God rest his soul, their great general manager, um, was frequently criticized for not going into the free agent market as we were. And Ted and I would always commiserate about the fact that the media and fans didn't consider re-signing your own guys as free agents. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think they believe they're exempt from the cap or something <laughs> yeah. like that. But, you know, this is, this is a, of the first really high-profile departure that they've had in a long time. So it'll be interesting to see, A, how he does in, in Los Angeles, what his health is like, and, and B, do they get him replaced. Jamal Williams was a solid backup running back who goes to Detroit for uh, uh, two years at $3 million. 
Christian Kirksey is a linebacker who was brought in by the former defensive coordinator just to, because he's his guy, I guess, to get people lined up. Uh, Tim Boyle was a you know journeyman backup quarterback who goes to Detroit. Um, Lane Taylor uh, is, a, is a journeyman guard slash tackle. Uh, and Montrevious Adams, uh, Perry Nickerson, Raven Green, James Burgess, uh, you know, just backup guys that they'll replace. Um, they re-signed Aaron Jones, uh, very solid running back, four years at uh, 48. They re-signed Kevin King, somewhat surprising uh, because he didn't have a, a great year. Um, uh, Tyler Lancaster and Mercedes Lewis, um, you know, pretty reasonable signings. And they bring in the redoubtable Blake Bortles to do what? I don't know. Uh, you know, does he make the team? I, I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. If we look at the draft, it, it, I think it's, I think it's a, you know, pretty solid draft. Eric Stokes is a, is a really solid cover corner. Josh Myers um, he's not the heir apparent, I don't believe. I mean, I sh should say he is the heir apparent. I don't think he'll be the starter right away. But, um, you know, he, he's the heir apparent at center. Amari Rogers, really interesting wide receiver from Clemson. He fits the mold there, the power, uh, you know, girth, run after the catch wide receiver in the, in the, in the West Coast offense. Royce Newman is an interesting tackle from Mississippi to Daryl Slayton, the uh, uh, defensive tackle from Florida, pretty good. Shamir John, uh, John Charles from Appalachian, not a bad corner. Cole Van Lannan is a guard from Wisconsin, and as such, um, is is almost guaranteed to make the team because Wisconsin guards play forever in the league, especially in Green Bay. <laughs> well, no, it does, it, that's not a hometown pick. No, no, I know. They just turn out. Great offensive lineman. A absolutely, but there is a there there is a, obviously a love of Badgers signings there too, it's without like, question. Yeah, Isaiah McDuffie's an interesting linebacker from Boston College, and Kylan Hill is a running back from Mississippi State. So, you know, Amari Rogers is a guy to keep your eye on. Let's see how fast Meyer, uh, uh, Myers comes. Let's see how Stokes fits into the new defensive situation. Um, you know, I, I think little to criticize in, in that draft and and probably a lot to feel good about if you're a Pack fan. I think Amari is the main Rodgers all Packers fans are worried about this offseason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. And uh, Jared Veldeer and Tremont Williams uh, officially retired. All right, well, here we go. Here we go. We'll leave the quarterback position for to be discussed at a later date. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, solid running back. Uh, group, you want a third guy to emerge there uh, because AJ is really uh, a cold weather, snow, short yardage goal line guy. He's a Bill Parcells guy, right? Uh, yeah, he is. He sure is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like him too. I mean, he'd be a third uh, short yardage goal line back for me any day of the week. I was just thinking about his posterior. Yes, he is. He is. He's Bill. Uh, I would not want to get hit by him. So they, they need somebody else to take, you know, uh, some load off Aaron there. But otherwise, good. Uh, Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in the league. Alan Lazard is really a good receiver. 
that everybody overlooks. He's a good player. Valdez Scantling, not bad. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown, not bad. If Amari Rogers can break into that top three, they really have good wide receivers. You know, the biggest cry in the media is get a wide receiver. It's, it's not, first of all, it isn't that easy. Second of all, it's not that smart. One of these guys, backup guys, Rogers, St. Brown, of Funches is, 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 is not in that mix. Valdez Scandling should emerge and, and become a solid, valuable receiver. Lazard is right now for my money. So this is not an empty cupboard as, as many in the media would, would talk about. Tanya, I think, is just a typical Green Bay receiving tight end who does a marvelous job. Uh, and 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 emerges from nowhere to become a, a go-to guy. Uh, Mercedes Lewis has been around forever and continues to be. Sternberger is was just suspended, so they're going to need a, a third guy to step up there. The Gura had something to work with coming out. I think he's a long way away. We'll see. You know what kind of progress he's made. Bakhtiari is uh, within the system. Solid left tackle. Jenkins, good. Myers, they have uh, penciled in there as a starter. I'm not so sure that that's the way it is on opening day. Uh, Lucas Patrick, not bad. Billy Turner, not bad at right tackle. I'd like to see, I'd like to see Billy Turner be a little more reliable, and Myers has got to step in and replace Corey Lindley, or someone else has to. Van Lannan, Lucas Patrick, somebody's got to step in and and replace him there. So that's a work in progress. That's something to keep your eye on during the preseason. Defensively, um, they remain 3-4. You know, I, I don't know. It certainly will be a change in terms of the approach because Mike Pettin, the former coordinator, was a uh, was a uh, disciple of, of, of Rex Ryan. And so there was a lot of blitzing and a lot of zero coverage and a lot of mistakes in the secondary. I mean, they, it's, it's, it's the same gospel <laughs> wherever they go. <laughs> right. Uh, a lot of sacks, pretty good statistics and, and, and a lot of breakdowns. Um, and, and the new coordinator uh, is Joe Barry, who has had, who started out in Tampa too, actually. So he's had a, a number of jobs and, and a lot of experience in different defensive systems. So this is going to be pretty interesting, I think, in terms of what does he, what does it all look like when it's all said and done? Well, his last DC stop was with us and the, with the yeah. football team. So, yeah. And they, yeah. people freaked. <laughs> um, Dean Lowry, solid player. Kenny Clark, outstanding player. Uh, Kinsley Kiki, not bad. Uh, Rush, Slayton, Lancaster, really good uh, backups there. Um, Preston Smith uh, had a bad year. They paid him a lot of money. He had a bad year. Kamal Martin and, and Chris Barnes are, you know, decent inside linebackers. They lost some guys there who were pretty good players. Zadarius Smith had a good year. Am I getting that right? Yes, I am. Yeah. Zadarius yeah. had an outstanding year. Rashawn Gary has to beat out. Uh, Preston Smith. I mean, that's the bottom line because he's number one, he's a high draft choice 
And number two, he's he's got rushability. Preston Smith was, you know, very average this past year. So Rashawn Gary has to beat him out in order for this 3-4 to be functional because both outside linebackers have to be solid rush guys. Jair, uh, Jair Alexander is the best man-to-man corner in the league. Adrian Amos and Donnell Savage are really good safeties. And Kevin King is the weak link there, uh, probably soon to be replaced by Eric Stokes. Uh, now, how Kevin King will play in another system, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm putting a gun to his head, probably unfairly. Kevin King in another system where he's not on an island and forced to play people man-to-man all the time um, it has been a very serviceable corner. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a home for him someplace um, if he doesn't make it there. But they drafted Stokes clearly to replace him. Who would play um, the nickel for them? Well, it might be King. It might be King. It might be Redmond. Um, you know, we'll see. King would be better in the nickel situation um, because, he, I mean, he's a decent football player. Um, it's unfair to, you know, to penalize him for being – if you ask him to do something he can't do, that's the coach's fault, not the player's fault. So it'll be interesting to see what Joe does with this group, how he gets them aligned. But I think Gary is the key. If Gary can come in and play well and replace Preston Smith, then, then they're a pretty good team defensively. And and if Stokes can come in and and if they can if Joe can straighten out the secondary, let him, you know, play mistake free and that it's not bad. So, you know, if they can go from unreliable, which they were last year at spades, to reliable and, and not lose games uh, like they did in the championship game, then they got a chance to, you know, to be pretty good. Mason Crosby um, is a good solid kicker, although he, too, is collecting Social Security, but he's, <laughs> he's, uh, he, he's still good. J.K. Scott, good punter. Amaria Rogers uh, may emerge as the punt returner. So this is a good football team. Better receivers than people know. A defense that was touted to be pretty good, which wasn't the last two years, but has a chance to be. And I believe that Aaron Rodgers will be back. And I believe he will play well, as he usually does. At his age, injury is always an issue. And we will find out in the preseason what Love has or does not have. I don't think Aaron's going to sit out very much of the pre, even very much of the preseason. I think he's, you know, he's going to come in and earn his money, and then move on next year. And so, as long as he's there, they're a contender, no question about it. All right. There you go. Let's go to my nephew's favorite team, Stevens, Minnesota Vikings. Let me say, uh, sticking with our literary bent here. Uh, this is kind of Dickensian. This was it's not it's not the best of times and the worst of times. It was the very good of times and pretty bad of times, Bill. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, um, they ranked 11th in points per game at just under 30. Uh, on combined yards per game, they were fourth at 6.2. On the passing attack, they were ranked second in 7.8. The rushing game put them at fourth at 4.9. Um, they, they didn't do a great job of protection. They were 20th, giving up 2.4 sacks, but certainly a very, very solid offensive performance. 
Then we go to the other side of the ball. Uh, and on defense, they were ranked 29th in points per game, giving up just under 30 a game, 27th in combined yards allowed at 393, uh, 30th in passing yards allowed at 7.7, uh, rushing. They were, they were tied for 21st, giving up 4.6, and they were 26th uh, in sacks recorded at only 1.1. Uh, that uh, ended up with a, a point differential uh, because of the defense that, point, that put them at tied for 21st at minus 2.8 and a negative 0.1 uh, turnover margin, tying them for 20th, Bill. Uh yeah, I mean, this it, those numbers tell you the whole story. They had a much better offensive year than I thought that they would, and um, that's probably a credit to Clint Kubiak, the coordinator, Gary's son, and a much worse defensive year than you would ever expect from a, a Mike Zimmer team. So you have to chalk that off to injuries and, and, and to uh, just an anomaly. They did get rid of a lot of older players, uh, many of whom were really solid citizens. So Kyle Rudolph at age 32 goes to the Giants. Riley Reef at age 33 goes to Cincinnati. Anthony Harris at age 30 goes to Philadelphia. Mike Bone, young guy at 26, goes to Denver. Eric Wilson, uh, Adenabo, St- uh, Shamar Steven, Jaleel Johnson, and, and, and Chris Jones are, are role players basically, but Rudolph Reef and, and the other uh, Harrison Bone, Boone, I should say, are guys that you know they're they're pretty solid guys who, in the case of the first three, had a lot of age on them and, and probably wise to move on, but they'll be somewhat tough to replace. Um, they re-signed Amir Abdullah, who is a third down back. Chad Beebe, who is the son of a former player of mine. Uh, Don Beebe, which makes me feel terribly old, uh, <laughs> chance to be a uh, a pretty good slot receiver. He's a developing player. Dakota Doja, uh, 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 you know, a developing guard, and Rashad Hill, an offensive tackle. Um, they went out in the marketplace. They signed Mackenzie Alexander, Greg Joseph, Patrick Peterson, who is um, up in years. But goes to the cornerback um, fountain of youth. Yes, he does. Right, right. Well said. Uh, Ty Smith, those corners, of course, uh, you know, Zim wants out there for a reason. And, uh, and, and older corners always play well for Zim. So he knows how to use them. He knows how to train them. He knows how to keep them ready. So, uh, you know, typically you'd criticize those signings, but, but, but not with, not with Zim. D- Dalvin Tomlinson fills a role for them at defensive tackle that they badly needed, as does Stephen Weatherly. Nick Vigil is a pretty solid linebacker, and they bring in Xavier Woods, uh, bring back Xavier Woods at at safety. Uh, They traded Mike Hughes to the Chiefs and uh, traded for Mason Cole from the Cardinals, uh, largely, I think, to replace Riley Reed. So as we look at at the, the draft, it's 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 really um, interesting, and I think pretty exciting. Christian Darasol is going to be the left tackle of the future. The question is, 
not does he have ability, he does. Does he have the drive, the work ethic to really maximize that ability? That's the question. Not questioning the pick. It's just, you know, is he going to live up to that ability? Because there were some questions about that in college. Kellen Mond is a developmental quarterback. He played four years at Texas A&M, but two of them were a disaster. The last two uh, have been pretty good, but but he's a developmental player. And I, I'm not sure he's the guy of the future. I wouldn't bet on him. No matter what Robert Griffin says about him. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he did just sign the other day. So. Well, you know, Robert's, Robert's auditioning for the 30 for 30 RG3 versus Kirk movie every week that goes by. <laughs> um, Chaz Surratt is an interesting guy. He was a quarterback at one time, and they moved him to linebacker at North Carolina, I believe, last year. Had a good year. He's a, obviously a good athlete. This, this was, I, I thought, a, a pretty good pick. Wyatt Davis is a road grader guard from Ohio State, but they like road graders. They can play with him there. So I, I think that's a, a decent pick. Patrick Jones is, is a, a hard-playing, tough guy, a Zim kind of guy. Uh, he's not a great pass rusher, but but he's a really a, a, a good trench guy, uh, a defensive man from Pittsburgh. Uh, Wanagu, running back from Ohio, uh, Iowa State. Um, this is a position that they 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 got to get somebody that they can count on to do um, a solid job and be a positive contributor behind the number one guy. Byron, a quarterback from California, Janarius Robinson, defensive end of Florida State, Emir Marasset from um, uh, Iowa. Uh, he's an interesting guy. All kinds of difficulties off the field. Pretty solid performer on the field. Uh, Zach Davidson, tight end from Central Missouri, and, and Twyman, the other defensive tackle from Pittsburgh. So all in all, a pretty solid draft. If anything happens to Cousins, can Mond step in? I think we ought to talk about that because Mond has a huge arm. He was a big recruit from IMG Academy at Texas A&M. He has running ability. He's mobile. His question, you know, accuracy and decision-making are his issues. I don't think he's ready. So Kirk Cousins had a marvelous year last year. Um, so you better pray that he stays healthy. Um, Dalvin Cook is the man. And if Dalvin Cook is not healthy, Kirk Cousins is in a lot of trouble. So, uh, you know, Kirk's leader last year statistically was outstanding, but it's because the, of the threat of Dalvin Cook running the football in the play action game, which he's great at. Um, Madison is a pretty solid backup. Abdullah, as I said, is a, uh, is a third down back. Madison has to be the guy. I mean, he's got to develop. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are as good a tandem as there is in the foot in the league. Chad Beebe, I thought had a decent year as a rookie. Uh, not great, but decent. Hey, he's got to step up. He's got to step up his, his game. Uh, if he can, then I think uh, that that's as good a group as you'll find. Irv Smith Jr., um, solid tight end. Um, C.J. Ham, solid fullback. And then 
Dara saw it, Dozier, Garrett Bradbury, who is a, a really good draft choice, Ezra Cleland, and Brian O'Neill, who's developed better than I thought he was. Uh, you know, he, he's come on and gotten better. If that group, if Darasaw can be the left tackle, then that's a really solid group. So the offensive, Darasaw has to play well. Uh, Gal, Dalvin Cook has to stay healthy. And if, if that's the case, then this is a team that should be as explosive offensively as, as, they, as they were last year. Just have to stop some people this time around. Well, that's largely, as I said, I think an anomaly. Um, but 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 we'll find out. Um, Daniil Hunter, who's an outstanding pass rusher, returns from injury. That was a huge loss. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson steps in at defensive tackle and 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 fills a big role there in in the run game. Michael Pierce is solid. DJ Wanham. Uh, uh, is 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 solid in the run game. Um, Nick Vigil, Eric Kendricks, um, solid. Surratt, I think will will play a role there before it's all over. I think Ryan Connolly is a solid backup and a good special teams guy if he can stay healthy. Kendricks is an outstanding middle linebacker. The key to the whole thing is Anthony Barr, because he's not only the strong linebacker but he's the rusher. He's the, the second rusher with Daniil Hunter, and he was out with injury last year. So the two best rushers were missing. And if they get them back and they're healthy, then this, again, becomes a really good uh, defense. Cameron Dantzler was a draft choice last year that came in and played well. Patrick Peterson is going to play right corner. Xavier Woods will be at free safety. Harrison Smith's a pro bowler who, and, and, a, and a good one. Jeff Gladney. Um, uh, is going to is going to be in there somewhere, um, and and you know we'll see what Byram can do, um, and we'll see what Mackenzie Alexander can do. So they added some help in in the secondary, um, and, and they added, and, and it was already a reasonably good group. So Barr and Daniel Hunter, and Dalvin Tomlinson back make this a typical Zim defense. So if they're back and healthy and everything goes the way it should, then you got yourself a team that should be a contender. Yeah, this is a tough out if they stay healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Got to stay healthy. It's a tough out. Because like offensive talent-wise, Bill, this is just a step under Dallas, right? But still towards the top of the league. Yeah, it all depends on it all depends on the running back. I mean that that's that he's the key. If Dalvin Cook can play a full season, he's going to give you a thousand yards plus. He's going to be the linchpin. He's the he's the whole key. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not sure they have quite the um, explosive receiver like Dallas does with C.D. Lamb, but that's that's. That's picking nits, you know. Uh, the, the, it's it's a it's a solid group, solid group. Left tackle, the left tackle's got to perform. He's got to perform. That's a lot to ask of a rookie. But they do so much pass protection now in the spread in college that the 
transition isn't as hard as it used to be. Um, Marisset, by the way, keep your eye on as a return guy. He, he should win the job, and, and I think he'll be, he'll be pretty interesting. Uh, Greg Joseph and Britton Colquitt are, you know, solid guys. Britton is uh, also uh, approaching Social Security, but uh, as good as ever. <laughs> well, there you go, gang. I feel like this is a division with question marks, but this is a fun division, I think. Yeah, it is. I, I, you know, if 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 uh, if Minnesota's defense can rebound, which I have no doubt it will, if the key players are there, then they're going to give Green Bay a run for their money. Detroit is a hand everybody a spade and start digging. It's a long way out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's why you're biting kneecaps. That's why we're we're biting at shins and kneecaps first, and then year two we go to elbow. And and, uh, and Scott, if you're right, this this may be the first time anybody has applied the adjective "fun" to the NFC North. But we'll see. There you go, the yeah. the, the Norris Division. All right, well we're heading we we're heading west next week, guys. So if you have things you want us to cover, as always, hit us up on Twitter at ifbillpolian. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Be well, everybody. Talk to you next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money.